0: You are locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On
1: Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody. For what will be your Friday Locked On Browns? Uh, I told you with free and free agency pending and the. Uh, Tampering, window, wink, wink, opening on Monday, official free agency on Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day, obviously pot of gold for a lot of people, uh, unless you're affiliated with the New Orleans Saints, where maybe it's, you know, going to be know, uh, food stamps and a medical marijuana court will be how they employ players <laughs> for the 2021 20, NFL season. Uh, we're going to sit down here today. Uh, he's been on before, but it's been a while. And looking forward to this, uh, your host of Lockdown Browns, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, on Twitter, the show itself at Locked On Browns, follow back account. DMs are open, as you guys know. Best way for you guys to communicate, get ideas. Uh, some of you aren't, you know, so Twitter friendly, which I completely understand. But for all you guys, do for me, I'll always try to uh, extend that in kind right back to you. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, Locked On uh, Locked On Browns, make sure you're subscribed, five star ratings, written reviews. Joining us here today uh just bleacher report these days and it doesn't mean that it's any less tiring or any less work mr brent Soboleski, and of course everybody sobo joining lockdown browns today brent how's everything really going how are you holding up this draft season which is certainly unlike any other you're absolutely correct and thank you for having me as always
0: and looking at it it's just so different uh you know because of the way this set up, it's not not just going to be free agency. It's going to be the draft. The entire offseason is in a ringer, and teams have to adjust, and the smart teams will do so and excel. Those who have placed themselves in a bad position, you mentioned the Saints, will likely see a downturn. And so when you consider the restrictive cap, uh, the lack of information when it comes to the draft process, this is more of a crapshoot this offseason than we've ever seen, which makes it all the more fun.
1: And of course, Brian, it doesn't help when it seems everybody uh under the sun is running sub-4-four. Four. Uh, <laughs> hey, which is great. I mean, it may be the fastest draft class in the history of the world, but uh certainly doesn't do anything to uh, you know, clear up the waters, so to speak. And you know, getting what you were saying to, uh, you know, I was messaging a little bit with uh Dane Brugler yesterday, and he just said the same thing. It's just, you know. It's just so different, and it's the struggle for information that you should already have at this point. you know the, yeah. it shouldn't be you know trying to find when somebody was actually born. It shouldn't be trying to find athletic numbers. and it just you know obviously puts a little bit of a halt to the process. Of course, you know, certainly going to make it interesting. Um, for those of us who love to pat ourselves on the back for draft wins, we're gonna do it a lot more this year and the draft wins that come, and the loss says, hey, we've got a built-in excuse. so that's fantastic as well. Uh, Brent, you get to, you know, what's going to be available, you know, starting Monday, come free agent, free agency. And obviously a ton of names are going to you know be added to this. Um, you look at like kind of the irony of it, you know, the Browns have needs. Um, it looks like there's going to be availability, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, what that's going to line up with those needs. There's also going to be some depth where the Browns aren't even going to have to pick up the phone. I don't think there's an NFL team right now. Who's actually going to return their starting guards other than the Cleveland Browns, that listed guard the listed tackle. It's forever in a day. So while everybody's, you know, hustling to work on that part of it, the Browns can just simply say, all right, well, we have certain targets at certain positions. You guys play the field. We're going to play two or three locations and see what we can do from here. Well, Jeff, when you approached me
0: about doing this show, you had mentioned about the three and three with the free agency and the draft. And so I just wanted to lay out real quick, the way I decided to approach this, this thought process. First of all, I want to work in conjunction with both as you would in real life, meaning how is free agency going to complement the draft? And so when I, when, when we get to those particular, you know, available free agents, I think are best fits for Cleveland that will have an effect on the names that I will mention when it comes to the draft. And second of all, I wanted to be realistic. I I think there's probably one big ticket item that the Browns are going to spend on, and then then you'll see the next tiers below that. So while they do have multiple needs, and you're absolutely correct in stating as such, it's not like we're going to see them get the top guy at every position, and that's just a fan's wet dream. <laughs> and we see it every offseason. We know that's the way they want it. They, they think this is Madden, and it's not how it works. These are individuals who are trying to maximize the Well, they had to go to Ohio State, but go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So all those things have to play and factor into this conversation. And so once we start looking at these names, some of them may not be, I might not be pulling them and surprising a lot of people when, when they're not out of thin air, but it's because they're relatively good fits for Cleveland and what they want to do moving forward. So I wanted everyone to keep that in mind as we go through this little thought exercise and where the Browns should go to really address those needs that Jeff
1: mentioned. And you look at the edge position and it's great that it's deep, Um, you know, cornerback. I think it's a lot more of, you know, you have two maybe top names currently in their prime, the rest of it, you know, Patrick Peterson, Xavier Rose, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe don't fit just due to where their athleticism is now, maybe, you know, more, you know, zone gamble corners and, you know, secondary. I, I do believe if you signed, two free agent safeties last year. I do believe the Browns are going to have some interest in bringing in some sort of veteran to that room as much as they may like their young kids. But the edge, there's a lot of great names, but I think some where fans are maybe getting confused is there's some certain builds that maybe don't necessarily fit the four, three and what the Browns are going to ask of their defensive ends. I love the Reddick. I'm not necessarily sure he's a perfect fit for what they want to do. Um, you know, certain other players, but then you have players, body size, you know, that fit what they are looking to do. So you take a, a spot like edge here, and it looks deep. But then you've kind of got to you know, put in some factors and all of a sudden, maybe a group of 10 now gets trimmed down to possibly a group of four, maybe five.
0: You're absolutely correct. And when I mentioned big ticket item, it's specifically aimed towards defensive end. We know in in recent history, Cleveland was willing to spend on Jadavion Clowney. They're willing to put money into J.J. Watt and not not insignificant money, by the way. (laughs) So while it may not have been as high as those guys saw for elsewhere, there was a commitment to investment with that position and that should be adhered to in this year's free agency so that's to me is the starting point right if we're looking at the one big splash signing i'm you're automatically looking at the three guys that fit andrew barry's profile those being trey hendrickson carl lawson and romeo aquara now of those three I actually prioritize, and I know you mentioned this off there, and I think it's becoming more and more popular, Aquara playing for the Cleveland Browns, not just because of system fit. Look at where he is. He's actually younger than Hendrickson. Yes, Hendrickson's going to get the big money deal because he was number two in the NFL in sacks last year. But Aquara was actually almost identical in pass rush productivity percentage compared to Lawson. That's impressive when you consider how consistently Lawson can get to the quarterback. So when you add that, into to the fact that Akwara had 25 defensive stops, that led the trio. Also had the most pass rush snaps from the left side. Now that's a key a lot of people aren't looking at, right? That allows Miles Garrett to move back to the blind side. Lawson and Hendrickson are more right defensive ends. Akwara is a left defensive end. He's your base end. He's the guy that t- took more run snaps but can also get to the quarterback while being 26 years old while coming into that first contract, while being all the things that Andrew Berry likes at the position. So to me, he's the guy that you're going to target immediately. And the the nice side effect of that, Jeff, is he may come a little bit cheaper than the other two mentioned.
1: Uh, yeah, because, I mean, if you're looking at a quarter, it's essentially really one year of big productivity. Trey Hendrickson, obviously, you know, the big hot name. Uh, Carl Lawson, and this is something that some people don't talk about. You know, I mean, I know they brought up, you know, people wanted to talk about JJ Watt, JJ Watt, JJ Watt. Uh, there's some time missed for a guy like Carl Lawson. With some people, you know, obviously this goes, happens all the time. Um, we will, you know, not look at negatives of players we perceive that we love, and you know, we will ignore our positives of players that we have basically essentially already put off the board. Secondary wise, because, and I hate to do this to you guys. Nothing's going to change linebacker-wise. It's going to be the same approach. It's going to be, let's get some guys in here who can run. And we're not worried about first and 10 because we're planning on being a double-digit win team. So we're worried about the fact that, you know, we're going to have good defensive backs who can play extensively all the way in the third quarter, all the way in the fourth quarter. Because running games will hopefully be abolished by then. Looking at the secondary, you know, you hear positive signs on Greedy Williams until he takes a hit. Nobody knows anything. Um, And granted this regime knows essentially nothing about greedy Williams to this point. How do you address this Brett? Because you're going to have to bring in, you know, I'd say three, if not four defensive backs, and you're going to have to find some way to do this. And I'm sure other than, you know, Denzel Ward, they'd like to get another veteran influence within this locker room.
0: I think the best way to approach it is look at the market and what it dictates. And by that, I mean, one of the things we know about analytics and Andrew Berry is they're always looking for market inefficiencies. This is something that's primary to the directive of their approach. And when I state that, yes, you're absolutely correct, Jeff, in in stating that Greedy Williams is essentially a lottery ticket at this point. You don't know what's going to happen with a nerve injury. I want to see him succeed. I want to see him on the field. I want to know that he's healthy and he can be that starting cornerback opposite Denzel Ward. I think everyone wants that because it's the best for the young man. But these issues in his shoulder have existed before he was even drafted. So let's not act like he's immediately going to be slotted in at that starting cornerback. So that creates a gigantic void. Now, do you invest heavily there in free agency where the market is much higher? Uh, uh, comparatively or you start looking at the other positions within the secondary that can bring value at a much lesser cost but also fills need and so I'm looking at two names in particular one being Mike Hilton from the Pittsburgh Steelers your ideal nickel corner this is a guy that you can not just in coverage he's a fantastic off the edge as a blitzer he's a guy that's going to come up and play uh, run support with his hair on fire plus obviously you would be uh, swiping him away from a division rival to me if you look at last year's nickel market it was much much lower than people expected if you take logan ryan and chris harris out of the equation ryan who end up converting to safety and chris harris who had that inside outside flexibility Mackenzie Alexander was essentially the high watermark for nickel corners last year, one signing a one year deal of four million dollars. Now, Mike Hilton's going to demand more than that, and I would pay him more than that, but he's not going to demand what it takes to get get one of the top outside corners on the market, uh, even at some of the aging versions. So I look immediately to who can cover that slot. Another option is is Troy Hill. When he played in Los Angeles for the Rams, he had that inside outside versatility. Again, He's a little older. I think he's already 30 years older. He's just about to turn 30 years old. But he's a guy that's not going to demand as much on the market, yet gives you that flexibility within the secondary to really improve immediately, and then you can then you can double back in the draft and potentially look for that star outside corner to bookend Denzel Ward. So that would be the approach to me instead of trying to go balls out for one of the top outside guys. I'm looking for those guys that can move around within the scheme and specifically address nickel because. One thing we don't discuss enough when it comes to the Browns last year is the nickel situation. It was horrid. It was just god awful. Now Kevin Johnson had injuries and he tried his his damnedest to play well there and was okay in stretches. But beyond that, there was nothing at the position, and you can't go into another season expecting to be a Super Bowl contender without being able to cover to the slot.
1: And the other thing is, is you know, and, and I've talked with this with numerous guests. It's one of the most difficult things to ask a rookie corner to do is to come in and be a nickel. Um, it's just – it's it, it's, a, it's a huge, huge, you know, change in scheme. It, the guys you're going against, you know, you look at them, they're not as menacing. But, yes, their footwork is ten times faster than their overall speed. And the other thing is you can be on one hash mark, and the next thing you know you're chasing somebody for 44 yards across the field on a crossing pattern where they know how to delay their speed, uh, pick it up. Shuttle it down so they're in accordance where the quarterback is and where, you know, the hole may be. Go ahead, Brent.
0: I was just going to bring up two more names just because of your, to your point, because you're right. It's, there's that dichotomy of the position where it plays much faster, yet it's more physical simultaneously. You need to be able to make decisions like this, but at the same time, they'll run right at you as well. And you have to be able to step up and make the play uh, near the line of scrimmage. And so looking at it, if you are looking at experienced nickels and beyond those names, I mentioned, how about the familiar one in Kawan Williams? And by familiar, I'm not just talking about Cleveland Brown's familiar. I'm talking familiar with Joe Woods as well. Someone that we know would like to come back to the area, not saying he's the solution, but definitely is an upgrade over nothing at the position. Furthermore, uh, I don't, I'm not prioritizing safety as much as everyone else is because you have Delpit, you have, you have Harrison, um, you have Redwine. Yes, we'll get into that a little bit more at the draft portion of this show. But uh, what about a LaMarcus Joyner, who is a safety but has spent most of his career in the nickel, at nickel? A guy that's experienced, 30 years old, has played as many or more snaps than any other Defensive back in the slot over the last two years, and actually improved if you look at his grades from 2019 to th- 2020, despite the Raiders' downturn defensively. So, those are two more names I throw out there that, again, not not huge names when it comes to free agents and overall scope of things, but could come in immediately and help this team become better. And that's really what you're looking for to set that foundation and accentuate your roster and free agency, instead of thinking
1: you're going to solve all the problems. Uh, and again, but also know now with this experience, you know, you're going to, yes, I mean, you want to turn over your roster. You want to bring in, you know, youth. You want to bring in depth, but you're also going to be putting these players in some serious, serious situations at Green Bay, at Kansas City, where a game like that, you could mar a rookie for six weeks, if not an entire rookie season. We're going to flip it over to the draft side here uh, get some thoughts from Brent there. Um, you know, again, I think it kind of jives well with Brown's needs. Um, and we'll get to all that more here on your Friday. Locked on Browns. Just because the NFL season is ended doesn't mean your appetite for sports wagering has to end. There is only one place that has you covered, and one place we at Locked On trust: BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code ALL CAPS LOCKED ON for a fifty percent welcome bonus. NCA Conference tournaments, NCAA tournament, MLB, NHL everything nba you're interested they got you covered at betonline.ag don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action again don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first order at online your online sports book experts you may have noticed you through social media um our relationship with bill Barr has gone fantastic Um, We're a bunch of nuts over here for Built Bar, so we've actually set up the Built Bar bracket for March. Vote on your favorite flavors. Let's settle this. Let's see who's essentially cutting down the nets or ripping off the wrappers for the folks over at Built Bar. Six current new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. As you all know, the bars are covered in chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Uh, flavor Profile Sample for Cherry bar sea Bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 gram net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com. And put in your vote for your favorite bar in the March Madness bracket. So, Bo, and again, with the in look, this is, and we spoke about this. This draft is going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy, just due to the fact that here we are, and it is March 11th as we speak. We're still trying to nail down birth dates we're still trying to nail down athleticism marks some of these guys and there's always these couple of stragglers where we don't get numbers till two weeks before the draft um we've got a, another clemson pro day going on today but the for what we're looking for and and this is where i get to where i think edge is probably your big ticket item because you know and i believe it was Dane Brugler, uh, i think it's almost been like 14 years that since the last time an edge rusher was not drafted top five. There's a very good possibility that is not going to happen this year. But when you are looking for something as impactful as pass rusher, especially when you are looking for a starting pass rusher, you cannot be waiting around till pick 26. And I think that's where this is going to lead to that. But it does open up the avenue to cornerbacks, safety assistants, linebacker assistance if they need it.
0: You're absolutely correct. And this is where working in conjunction uh, is really functioning at its highest level for the Browns in their offseason plan. So let's let's work under the assumption. I think it's a pretty good assumption that the the premium defensive ends we mentioned in free agency, one of them should land in C-Town. And so from that point now, while you still need depth at the position, it's not your utmost priority with the way that we've discussed this, what I'm looking at in that juncture and what I included in my mock draft this week on Bleacher Report is an outside corner, particularly Northwestern's Greg Newsom, and a name that to your point is now starting to work his way up boards. Uh, this is someone that hasn't had a lot of buzz. And I think it's mainly due to the fact that we haven't got to get into the season quite the same way, the off season with all of the information we normally have and Newsom was fantastic first of all fits the profile underclassman comes from a power five conference um this is a a young man that has the length to play the position Uh, i look at him and to me it's really interesting and i'm gonna go on a tangent here for a second (laughs) Uh, my belief is sitting at where cleveland is if, if some if jc horn falls to you there He is the ideal selection because he is someone that can open up your entire defensive playbook because you want to work less cover four, you want to be able to mix up coverages more start not only using cover three, but cover one as well. And JC horns a guy that can lock down a guy if you start using those types of coverages. Newsom's different. He's almost on the opposite end of the spectrum. Both are fantastic prospects, but Newsom is so smart and so heady and so technically sound when it comes to zone coverage. That if you don't want to start using a lot of cover one, um, that you start leaning more heavily into that cover three Seattle Seahawks scheme that Joe Woods was 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 learning under Robert Sala, then you can have someone like Newsom who really fits the physical and a mental profile to play the position. Look, if anyone who's into advanced statistics wants to look at the cornerback position, there's actually no one better in pass coverage the past year than Greg Newsom. And we know how much that's going to mean for the Cleveland Browns organization. And so to me, that's why he's probably the best fit, unless someone like Horn slides a little bit, or if they have a outstanding defensive end that miraculously falls in their laps. But I don't expect that to happen.
1: Well, and the other thing is, you know, with Mr. Newsom attending Northwestern, uh, smart people usually appreciate other smart people. So there certainly could be, uh, you know, some influence there. Um, and th- what I like about Newsom is, uh, uh, you know, you have to think that somewhere along the line, there was, you know, some sort of basketball background, because he knows how to use his body really good with kind of getting his ass in the way, so to speak, as far as, you know, boxing out. And it doesn't always translate into interceptions, but hey, PBUs, interceptions, uh, you know, Outstanding <laughs> we'll take, footwork. We'll take in you space see it, here. you
0: see the footwork. It's, it's, it's arguably the best of any corner in this class.
1: And it's and it, it's a solid group. I mean, and when you're talking about somebody from Northwestern, where you're talking about the amount of you know, SEC players within you know this cornerback group as well, you know, Newsom has certainly put a name on you know, up for himself and certainly uh, showed very well. I believe it was uh, Tuesday at Northwestern's pro day. Um, but you had mentioned you know safety and filling out you know the rest essentially the defensive back room here. So let's go. I, yeah, like I said,
0: i'm I'm looking at this from a complete offseason perspective. So we have our defensive end when it comes to, the start of free agency you're likely to address nickel and in that juncture first round you, you get your outside cornerback now it's time to start filling in some places you get in that second round range and i'm going to prioritize prioritize a position that i don't that i believe doesn't get enough attention and defensive interior when you look at the cleveland browns last year they were soft s a w f t soft nice. kind of attack. They were terrible when it came to trying to hold the line of scrimmage. And so that was a big part of – They either shot the gap or they got
1: knocked back 10 yards.
0: Exactly. And while Sheldon Richardson – is a very good defensive tackle and they should retain him by, you know, and I I don't want to hear otherwise, he's inconsistent. He can shoot the gap and make plays, but sometimes he's also getting turned. He's getting moved easily. So you get a a 50-50 with him as an established veteran. So what you need is that one technique who's going to – who's really going to be an anchor. And while it's weird to say that I'm prioritizing a run defender, it's really just that strength to hold the point. And, you, yes, you have Billings. But you're not necessarily stopping there. So if I'm looking in the second round, and you're going to like this, Jeff, because I'm actually going to mention Ohio State prospect, Tommy Togiai, uh, is one of those guys that's very physical, that every time you put on the film, he is consistently resetting the line of scrimmage. If not him, I look at North Carolina State's Aleem McNeil, a 320-pounder who performed at his very best against the top competition. So you're talking about these big physical interior tackles that can really just – Hold up at the point and allow all the playmakers that you're going to have around them to do the work, and that may be an outdated concept. But after watching Cleveland a year ago, it, to me, it's a dire
1: need. And look, uh, you know, Baltimore—it's not going to change. And you know, Baltimore—they tried to change, and then guess what they did? All right, well, we're throwing the ball way too much. Um, we're going to hey, get Jeff, the ball back in eight hands. Can I uh... want it a little bit?
0: Hey, Come Jeff, on. breaking news, I don't know if you're, you're seeing this right now on your timeline, and I'm sorry because I know these are pre-taped and put out there, but Kansas City just released Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I guess you had to fix the cap somehow, um, but wow. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Uh I, I guess if you didn't need him, to play in the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship game, I guess their theory is we don't need him. I hope amazing. they a like the contract Patrick. I know
0: this is Brown centric, but it just blew my mind to see that as we
1: were talking. I hope Patrick likes his contract because, um, you know, right now, um, you know, the daddy to be better uh, watch his back because uh, not one, but two. And whew. all right. So, a we'll little breaking news. <laughs> Sorry, I got us off. All track. right, Brett. Uh, no, that's quite a. That's quite a. It reminds me of almost two years ago when we were recording and we were talking about the signing of Sheldon Richardson, and we were seventeen minutes in, and the Odell Beckham Jr. trade went down, and Pete tried to go on for another minute, and I just basically said, "No, we're going to scrap this, and we got to start from the beginning." Yeah. Um, but finishing out, uh, obviously, here, um, you know, whether it's you know, line, obviously, you know, you mentioned interior defensive tackle, um, you know, it just you need a little more, you need a more depth behind D line. What do you got, so?
0: Well, as I mentioned, D-line, and you had previously asked me before we went on tangents about safety. So if I have Togeye and then you have – or Elaine McNeil at defensive tackle, you already dressed defensive end. Uh, You're most likely going to double back on it later in the draft, but safety is something that's going to be a big part of this defense. Uh, We want to see more big nickel, which is something that Joe Woods was never capable of doing last year due to injuries. It was unfortunate. Um, Those guys that were on the field weren't necessarily – best fits for what he wanted to do. They do have talent there. You have Harrison. You're hoping Delpit comes back at least to some semblance of the player you drafted in the second round. So where do you go from that point? And and I know you're with me on this one, Jeff. I, I love this subset of safeties in this class where They're basically nickel linebackers. They have that versatility to not only play near the line of scrimmage, but be hang defenders, move over to the slot, be a traditional strong safety, however you want to use them, as long as you get creative with them. And if you're in that second to third round range, and you're looking at Talanoa Hafunga or Hamza Nasir-Oddin, I also go down a little further, look at Divine Diablo, Jacoby Stevens. Look, LSU – connection and illinois states christian upoff everyone i'm talking about are about six foot one six foot two between 215 to 230 pounds and these guys aren't aren't unathletic they are very capable in being utilized in that chess piece on the field where you can move them around and use them as a defensive weapon and i think that's very important because a lot of people discuss the same exact topic when they bring up jeremiah wusu koromoa in the first round why spend it there as talented as he is when you can get a similar talent later in the draft to be utilized in the same manner?
1: No, I, I couldn't disagree with you. And the other thing is, is you know, obviously Malcolm Smith has some success here. And when you're talking about a body type, Malcolm Smith, very, very, you know, comparable to that. And it's also part of the mantra of, you know, trying to get faster and you're going to need that. And you know, when you're looking at the Ravens, obviously when you're looking at playing against teams, you know, like the Chiefs, you saw what the Bucks defense was able to do. You know, with Levante David, uh, with Devin White, those type of guys who fit in there as well. I ask Brent to prepare his pick six for the all season, uh, and obviously, you know, Brent's going to do this not Madden style. He's going to do this within realism here. Three free agents, three uh, draft picks who can come in and possibly make a huge difference here uh, for the 2021 Cleveland Browns. We'll be back with that in just one second. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now. And again, all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So I asked you to put me together a six pack. I know you, you like those IPAs with the heavy content, so mm-hmm. it's normally like a 30 ounce beer for Brent. Brent, I need more. I need to get up, because if I don't get up, I can't have another one, so I gotta, I got to burn off the calories. How do you solve this here, Brent? Because I think with between five and six players, it could be the difference from not only playing in the AFC Championship game, it could be the difference in possibly hosting the AFC Championship game. Well, I think the
0: solution simple, Jeff. And, and someone asked me this recently on another show, and they said, what are the Cleveland Browns' needs? And I'll reiterate, defense, defense, defense. And if you didn't hear me the first time, defense. And so – <laughs> well the, there's the luxury of adding a Harrison Bryant type player in the draft if he falls you know offensively whether it be along the offensive <laughs> line speedy wide receiver hey maybe even a running back whatever you feel is a great value at that juncture it is time to do what andrew berry wanted to or did on offense just on now on the opposite side the a year later instead of investing heavily in getting the number 1 right tackle and jack conklin and then doubling down with the 10th overall pick and uh, Jedrick Wills, we're going to do the opposite on uh, with the defensive line. You're going to go out, and you need to address uh, defensive and immediately in free agency. So while I mention Aquara, I would be entirely happy with any of the three that, to me, fit the profile. They may not be the best fits when we're talking about Hendrickson and Lawson, but there's tremendous upgrade capabilities there. I'm, going, I'm not going to look at linebacker much like you said, Jeff. I don't believe that this team is going to invest – quite to the same level that some fans certainly believe. And actually I was kind of relieved that Levante David signed just because I didn't want to hear about that conversation every day through free agency, but I love Mike Hilton. I really do. And I am not going to go off my board too much of what we discussed because I, these to me are the guys that can come in fit and be true impact guys. Mike Hilton is a difference maker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has been throughout his career, very undervalued. I think you can get a great deal on him. If there was one linebacker, I will say, and I will give some credit here because I think there's one guy that makes sense to me because he'll come cheap, he'll come on a short-term deal, he's coming off injury, so he's not going to have a huge name value when it comes to signing elsewhere, but he does have experience in um, Joe Woods' system, and he's got a great skill set for what Cleveland needs. That's Quan Alexander. Who's expected to be released by the New Orleans Saints? And yes, I know he had a week, what, week 16 injury Uh, that has to be taken into account. But if you can bring in a guy like that, that's the type of investment I expect at at linebacker. Now, once you get to the draft, really, it's all about patience. And let me bring this up real quick, Jeff, because I know people say it all the time and it drives me bonkers. (laughs) Best player available, best player available, best player available. There's no such thing, people. As I've stated numerous times on social media and elsewhere, the 32 teams do not work off the same homogenous draft board as everyone else. (laughs) So every board is different. Everyone has different priorities. Everyone has different information and so on and so forth. You take the best player available according to your individual board as a team. To me, looking at where Cleveland stands, you're most likely going to land that outside corner has more value there. I, I mentioned Greg Newsom just because I believe he's a guy that can fit in that juncture. Uh, also, I love his capabilities. You know, I know someone that you've looked at, Jeff, quite. Mellon Fonwu is another one. Has that physical traits and skill set that could be a guy once you're getting that uh, juncture. And then double down once you get in second, third round. Go D-line again, whether it's a defensive end or defensive tackle. Go cornerback again. A, a name I, ha- I had not bring, brought up previously that I love is Javon Holland. So if you don't get someone like Mike Hilton yep. in free agency, he goes elsewhere. Javon Holland, we forget because he opted out, was one of the highest grade outside and nickel corners uh, in 2019. So if someone like that with that type of flexibility, that positionless player can be brought in, added to the secondary, those are guys you should prioritize. And that's how I think you, you fix the Cleveland Browns, by looking at it with a, a bigger scope and understanding how you can put the pieces in place To get better on the defensive side of the ball, they don't need to be great. They just need to be better because that offense can take over games and certainly has the capability to do so again next year.
1: Well, and that's with the versatility aspect, though. That's how you don't get yourself pigeonholed into a situation where you're not bringing up Robert Jackson from the practice squad because you're down, but you're bringing up somebody like Robert Jackson to start a playoff game because he's the only one you really know can truly – play and hang on the outside as opposed to where if you had versatile players, Hey, this is not normally your bread and butter, but it's certainly a lot better than bringing in someone from the practice squad who's a crucial game.
0: You're absolutely right. And fans of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm trying to word, try to be very subtle and word this correctly. Don't understand what having quality depth is. They haven't seen it in 20 years. The the team is on the verge of being able to not just splurge in free agency, hoping to fill everything, but start doing what successful teams do. Draft, develop, re-sign. What is the one key guardrail we see all the time on Paul DePodesta's list? Identify and pay early. That's because you're drafting well. And so if you reach the point where you do not need to go out and sign a big ticket item on free agency, that's the goal. And it comes down to really, over time, building that depth. And so you're not in a position where you're playing starting special teamers and being forced to try to hide things defensively. And that's why the concentration has to go on that side of the ball. I know it's obvious. I know it's what everyone's thinking. But at the same time, you know, doing the obvious isn't a bad thing. <laughs> so make a major investment on that side of the ball like they did a year ago with the offensive line. And look how that worked out.
1: And the other thing is, is you know, and I know there were some who were giving Joe Woods such a hard time. And it was like, did you see how the plan was done last year? You know, they did everything to put Coach DeFanski and the offense in a position to shine, started slow, obviously hit its mark. Um, but now it's time to essentially do that for Joe Woods. You um, give Joe some pieces here so he can actually, you know, employ what he truly wants to employ as to saying, well, this is what I've got and this is what we can do. Brent, you're taking care of yourself, vitamins, all this stuff, because this is going to be by far the wildest week, first week free NFL free agency that we've ever seen. And look, the names just keep coming, as you mentioned earlier, where the Chiefs and apparently Mitchell Schwartz, maybe even contemplating retirement. If that's what he's thinking, God bless him. And I can't wait to see the uh, Mitchell Schwartz barbecue restaurant that's going to open up because that should be pretty amazing as well. But Brent, this is gonna be an insane, insane week starting come Monday.
0: Well, I'm just gonna say that if Mitchell Schwartz does retire and open a, a barbecue restaurant, it won't be as good as Mission Barbecue. We know that.
1: Of we know we understand. <laughs> well, everybody wants to be like Joe. It's the way it goes.
0: Well, hey, cheap plug there, even though I have nothing to do with it, but Joe's my boy and someone that I've greatly appreciated for a long time. And hey, let's be honest. When you see moves like this, it just puts into perspective how much has changed within one year. We're at a $182.5 million salary cap. People, you need to understand that is $16 million fewer than last season when the original expectation was for it to raise to almost $210 million if they had a typical NFL campaign, which obviously didn't happen. It's nobody's fault. But now, because of all the repercussions of a COVID uh, pandemic, the NFL is being turned upside down. And it's unbelievable to see a player like Mitchell Schwartz, who, in my opinion, was the best player on the field in Super Bowl 54. And a year later, he's no longer with the team. That's astounding.
1: It's um, in, look, I mean, it's always been a not for long and it's always been a what have you done for me lately business. Um, But even more so now. Um, just you know, due to the fact that you know, and look, I mean, the Chiefs obviously, you know, when they signed Mahomes last year, that's great. I'm sure they also didn't think that, you know, somebody was going to tell them, you know, in the following March, oh, by the way, guess what? Cap's not caps not only going up, it's it, cap's not going up, it's going down to the point where, you know, it's gonna be so significant that you're talking a star player contract per team when you're talking almost sixteen million dollars. He is Brent Soboleski for a bleacher report. Uh, Brent does a fantastic job. Obviously, you know, a a huge, huge member here within the Browns community as well. Uh, Always love you know, sitting down, getting to talk with him. Um, We got seven weeks to the NFL draft, officially seven weeks from today. Come Monday, free agency is going to be off the rails. Folks, coffee up, protein bars, whatever you got to do to make it through, because it's going to be difficult. Show itself, as always, uh, Lockdown Browns, follow back account, iTunes, Spotify, uh, make sure you are subscribed, those five-star ratings, those written reviews. Uh, keep those coming here. Uh, look, we normally do five shows a week. I I told you and I've been telling you, I'm not sure if there's going to be time for the day off anytime soon. Uh, there's stuff to talk about. We'll be here. There's going to be Browns moves coming eventually. Maybe we're just going to get it all in one fell swoop here about you know some things going on. We'll see. Um, but, you know, it's smartly. They are playing the long game here, and they'll release any information when they feel it is necessary. Uh, again, uh, thanks y'all for being here. Uh, we'll continue to rock on through here as we're getting ready. Obviously, free agency, about 72 hours, 96 hours away from today. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.